Super Talk Mississippi media production. For a free record on my count, seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good Wednesday afternoon to everybody. Glad you're with us this afternoon for another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke out today, and uh, we're glad you've tuned in for an hour of Southern Miss Sports Talk. Opening segment sponsored by our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, and we are proud supporters of theirs Dickies is open seven days a week, serving the best barbecue in the Pine Belt. You can enjoy it through their drive through window, or they'll deliver it to your house. Encourage you, as always, to support our local restaurants. And at the top of that list, Dickies Barbecue, and it just really doesn't get much better than a good Dickies Barbecue meal. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald joining me here momentarily. We'll have Wendy Hogue a little later in the program, along with Kelly Sander. But first... I want to go down to my buddy from the uh, Biloxi Sun-Herald. Is it New Orleans or Mississippi this week, Patrick? Uh, I'm in New Orleans at the moment, but I'll be in uh, Ocean Springs tonight. I'm I'm splitting much of my time between two towns. Right. Well, you stirred it up pretty good Friday, Patrick, as you do from time to time when you you publish the the article uh, talking about uh, a merger between uh, Conference USA and and uh, the Sunbelt Conference. And, you know, all of us here on this show uh, wholeheartedly endorse that idea. Here's what's been asked of me, though, a lot since we uh, talked about your article and it, and it made print. Uh, is, this, uh, is this an idea that, uh, that, you're, that, that you have written about, or do you think there is some movement among the, uh, maybe the ADs and the presidents to actually consider this? I, I think there is some movement between, uh, among the ADs. Uh, in this discussion, I mean, there's Chris Massaro, who's at Middle Tennessee, has been kind of a proponent of this idea. And, you know, I, I think even with, uh, you look at Jeremy McLean, a former AD at Troy, who has kind of an appreciation of, of you know, what, what this means and and how it could potentially help a lot of programs in both conferences. I, I think it's it's a realistic goal, maybe not so much the merger, it's the, you know, the the realignment between the two conferences that seems more likely. I mean, I think that maybe the best possible case scenario is that the two conferences uh, dissolve and then there's maybe uh, three smaller conferences that come out of it. Uh, But I I think the most likely thing would be some type of realignment where uh, both conferences still exist. They just have uh, different memberships that are kind of split up geographically among the East and the West teams in the, in the two conferences. So as far as, as movement, I think it's pretty obvious. You see, uh, just this week you saw, uh, I think it was last week, no, I guess it was this, Furman uh, cut its baseball program, which was really a surprise. That's a, you know, a, a college located in South Carolina, baseball crazy state, and all of a sudden you know, they're cutting the baseball program. You see uh, programs in the MAC cutting programs like track and field and Bowling Green cutting baseball. It's, I mean, the impact, the, the financial impact is on the way. Uh, for for schools in the group of five, 
you know, it's 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 going to be there for next, you know, it, 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 for a while. And you have to look big picture here and down the road. Uh, there there aren't big dollars waiting on the other side of this pandemic. At some point, you have to make decisions that cut costs for everybody, and uh, and, and and possibly generate more regional rivalry. So, I think there has to be movement. Mm-hmm. Patrick, are you hearing any talk at all about the possibility of any sports being cut at Southern Miss? No, I mean, and Jeremy McLean said that's you know that's the very last option, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm not saying that it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. This we still got a way for this to all play out. Uh, so, I, you know, it, it, that's that's a really a touchy topic, and you don't even want to really single out one sport here or there uh, that may go. And at this point, I would say no, but, you know, give it six months or even three months and then ask that question again uh, because we'll have a greater understanding of, of the financial impact of all of the pandemic. I think into the fall, uh, maybe October, November, you'll have a greater appreciation. Are they playing games in front of empty stadiums? Are their games being canceled? Uh, you know, at some point, there's going to have to be the drastic decisions made to uh, you know, make sure that the athletic program uh, survives all of this. And, you know, hopefully everything kind of goes smoothly and, and, and everything's kind of sped up and, and things are closer and can get back to normal, but we just won't know until really the fall gets here. You know, Patrick, we talked about it earlier this week. It was a great illustration. Uh, the game uh, that's supposed to take place on September the 5th out at the Cowboys football stadium between Alabama and USC. If you account for Alabama's SEC TV money, and the $6 million they're reportedly going to be paid to play in that game, their football budget is almost double the Southern Miss athletic budget after the first game of the season when they haven't sold a single ticket. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's The money in, in the among the elite programs in the, in the Power Five is just a lot of money. And there's just no competing with that. In, you know, financial. You can put together a team occasionally that can kind of hang with an Alabama or something like that. Uh, but whenever you have resources like that, they'll easily survive all of this. Uh, but the programs down the, uh, you know, with with the, the small budgets like a Southern Miss or Louisiana Tech. I mean, look at a Louisiana Monroe, uh, which has you know almost less than two thirds the size of the athletic budget of a Southern Miss or a Tech. How, do, how does a Louisiana Monroe uh, make it out of this okay? Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 going to be a challenge, and you just hope things kind of uh, something happens going into the fall that just makes life easier for everybody. Uh, but right now, it's it's really hard to say when 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 that can happen. Right? Does a school has a school like Tulane that got to the American Athletic Conference, or are they in a much better financial shape now than say their old rival Southern Miss? Yeah, because they're getting TV money. Uh, you know, the American has a substantial TV contract, and they have a large one on the way. I think possibly starting, it was supposed to start with this uh, coming up season. Uh, the, the teams that are in the American are going to be just fine, uh, just because they have, I forget how much each school is getting, uh, but it's much, much more than, say, what Conference USA and Sunbelt schools would be getting. So, uh, you know, ideally Tulane would be in some type of conference where, you know, Southern Miss and Louisiana Lafayette and South Alabama and UAB would be. Uh, but that's you know Tulane's just going to stick with Scott because it's got a pretty good situation. Uh, two, you know Tulane, East Carolina, Tulsa are going to be kind of riding the Americans' uh, gravy train for a while. So 
uh, even though those programs fit well into the uh, you know what Southern Miss should be in, this, Southern Miss is just kind of on the outside looking in. A lot of a lot of schools in the in the smaller uh, group of five are on the outside looking in, just because the American in the uh, Mountain West are in better positions financially. And so this really is the 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 proposal that you put out there, the idea that you put out there, the best mm-hmm. possible scenario for Southern Miss. Because I, I am I right in saying that the the days of daydreaming about being in the American Athletic Conference or the Big 12 or all these other things we've heard through the years, that's pretty much put to bed, correct? Not entirely put to bed, you know, but they're pretty much close to being put to bed. And now I, I, you can make the argument that, you know, if you're able to build something different and new and refreshing and is, is to the benefit of the program and it helps, you know, lift all boats, what you know? What what if Southern Miss is in a better position after all this? Maybe it does improve their uh, uh, their standing in terms of the Americans. So I won't rule that out completely, but it's it's highly unlikely at, at any point, anytime soon. It would just have to involve some pretty you know serious changes, uh, you know, in terms of realignment among the the bigger conferences. Uh, for Southern Miss to kind of jump up a level. But right now it looks pretty difficult. Have you ever been uh, able to ask Jeremy McLean or, or deduce from anything he said whether or not he would look favorably upon a possible merger with the Sun Belt? Yeah, well, I mean, Jeremy and I have had, you know, a lot of these things are topics that ADs don't really want to touch publicly yet. They're not going to, you know, push it in the Christmas era of Middle Tennessee's been pretty public about it. Uh, but, you know, so, some ADs would rather kind of sit back and, and work things behind the scenes. And, and Jeremy's kind of that guy. Uh, sure, Jeremy and I have talked about it, but it's, it's mainly just kind of uh, a discussion that's gone on between just two guys saying, hey, can this happen? And I don't think anybody really has a great answer on that, but I think Jeremy has an open mind about it. And I think he's kind of made that obvious whenever he was hired that you know that there had that there has to be some consideration let's assume for just one second that this is going to happen a uh, big mm-hmm. assumption but let's assume it is what time frame do you think we'd realistically look at before something like that could be put together patrick well it, it's complicated because you have to work with even though the tv contracts are not big ones uh you'd have to work with espn and cbs sports network and uh, figure out a formula that you know that works for them. In other words, you still want that money that you're getting in four hundred five thousand five hundred thousand dollars a year. That's a significant chunk of change for any school in the conference. So uh, it would be a matter of negotiating that. And also, they have to get past the egos uh, uh, in the conference office and among some of the ads. So I think you know any new conferences that come of this or realignment. I think we're looking at it would have to be probably two years before two to three years before we see the actual thing come into being. But uh, I think the spring, next spring, this upcoming spring, in the next summer is whenever we have to see movement on that, or it's really tough to see it happen anytime real soon. All right, Patrick, good stuff as always, buddy. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Okay, thanks, Bob. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. And how interesting is the thought of that happening? Let's see what Kelly Sander thinks about what Patrick just had to say. Uh, We'll join Mr. Santa right after this. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank our buddy Patrick McGee for joining us in the first segment. Really interesting conversation about the possibility of a merger between Conference USA and the Sun Belt. Just talk at this point, but uh, certainly interesting. 
This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. They're open. You can go shop for your favorite Southern Miss apparel at the big yellow and black store on Hardy Street, right across the street from the campus. Or if you prefer, you can go online to campusbookmark.net, and uh, they will deliver that good-looking stuff right to your front door. Kelly Sander now joins me. And, uh, Kelly, I just talked to Patrick McGee, and we expanded upon his article Friday about the potential merger between CUSA and the Sun Belt. He says that there is some preliminary and low-key discussion actually taking place. Best-case scenario, this would be a couple of years down the line because of TV contracts and what have you. But, uh, you know, you made an interesting comment to me off-air, and uh, that is that, you know, even if you weren't open to this prior to COVID-19, you're going to have to change your thinking now that this has happened because, as Patrick said, Kelly, there is no big pile of money waiting on the group of five schools when COVID-19 finally passes. I, I totally understand if you were against it to begin with. But now, especially with schools that are in the budgetary situations that Southern Miss is, you know, you would think would be in, now it's a matter of survival. Okay, so it, before you were talking about perfect situations. Now you're talking about surviving which which completely changes the discussion. And, you know, again, not to pat on back, but we've just been talking about the practicality of this for a couple of years. You know, I mean, and if you, if you relate this to high school terms, very few communities want to give up their high school, you know, that, they, that they've gone to. But sooner or later, money becomes a situation to where consolidation, it's the only way. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when Wayne County years ago, you know, had Waynesboro Central and Beat Four and Claire and all these the, the communities schools, and they all had their own schools, but financially it just couldn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. So they had to consolidate, and initially nobody wanted to do that. You know, you get that, but again, when circumstances like this um, happen, you, you have to rethink everything. And Bob, it's not just going to be it's not just going to be sports conferences. It's it's restaurants and the way that they, they deliver food. I've talked to a couple of restaurateurs who used to have buffets and said, you know, they never really made a whole lot of money on buffets, but, but they're price-wise, they make more money on drive-up and carry-out and things like that. So restaurants are kind of rethinking their business plan. I talked to a couple of uh, private school administrators today, you know, and I was asking them point blank, because you, you and I have always had the discussion, will there be football this fall? Now, these are private schools that I talked to, which, you know, kind of make their own rules. But they just said if they do have classroom settings this fall, they may have to go to breaking the classes because of social distancing, breaking the classes into two and having a Monday-Wednesday group, a Tuesday-Thursday group, and use Friday for, you know, extra lessons, extra help, or just go to a four-day school week. Which you know what, which is what many universities have already gone through. Mm-hmm. So this this whole is going to change just about every aspect of our life, as if it hasn't already. Um, but for a lot of these schools, and you see school after school dropping this sport and that sport. I mean, it's either dropping sports or dropping, you know, schedules to fewer games. Something has to give. But but if this were to happen. If this were to happen, and, and Patrick was on the cusp of this, if it does happen, I, for one, would not see that as a negative at all. No, I agree. I agree. I, I think it would be 
almost a lifeline to Southern Miss football to start playing schools every year that could bring 1,500, 2,000, 3,000 fans to the Rock, Kelly, as opposed to, you know, things that we see, uh, you know, when North Texas comes here or El Paso and you've got the parents of half the players and that's about the extent of the crowd they're bringing. You know, the Big 12 and the SEC aren't coming and calling, okay? <laughs> we, we, just have to, we have to accept that. that that's not going to happen. Right. All right, so with that off the table, then the next thing is how can you exist in the, the, best, the next best thing? And I don't know anybody that wouldn't think, uh, you know, considering, like I say, the big, the big conferences aren't calling, why you wouldn't think it's a good thing that if you wanted to go see Southern Miss play at South Al. They could, it could be an afternoon game. You could drive down there. You wouldn't even have to stay the night. Right. But you could go down and take in a Southern Miss football game. You could go to Monroe. You know, you can, can go to Lafayette. There's so many different uh, opportunities there where you could follow your team on the road. And we've documented about you know, travel expenses, too, especially when you're, you're having men's and women's teams going to these places. It just financially makes a whole lot of sense. Um, and this COVID situation has brought a lot of people, brought a lot of businesses and a lot of entities to its knees, right. to their knees. And now, you know, sports-wise, we're on our knees and we're just going to have to make do with the new environment going forward. All right, recognizing that it's just May the 20th and we still have a little time. Uh, you know, Kelly, if you look at the statistics in the last 24 hours, 263 more cases, 16 more deaths in Mississippi, up to almost 12,000 confirmed cases of this right now in Mississippi and beginning to approach 600 deaths. It's becoming increasingly difficult week after week to imagine a high school football game uh, the third week of August with 1,000 people sitting in the stands. Well, even and even the colleges now are maybe even think, you know, second-guessing themselves. Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12 Conference, talked to all of his athletic directors yesterday and said, look, if, if the schools in the Big 12 can't be up and fully operational with all COVID uh, measures in place by July 15th, July 15th, if they can't all be up and running by July 15th, he says that, that the he even laughed at the idea that uh, that the season could start on time. The college football season could start on time. And Lincoln Riley, the head coach at Oklahoma, said the same thing. He says even July 15th is pretty pretty optimistic. He, he thought if things couldn't be up and running by July 1st, that it would be laughable that the season would start on time. Yeah. So still hmm. 150,000 questions and zero answers. Right. I will tell you on a positive note, though, Kelly, and I meant, I meant to say something to you about this yesterday. I was talking to an official at Pearl River Community College earlier this week, and uh, he seemed pretty optimistic that, that they were going to start uh, they were going to start getting kids back in class uh, in June for the summer and uh, that they expected to be back on the campus and uh, have their athletes back on the campus before the end of the summer. Have you heard any about that from the junior college uh, perspective in Mississippi? I have not. And when you look at the sports calendar, Bob, the JUCOs are the first ones to kick off. Right. You know, the high schools usually that last weekend in, in August, and, and same thing with the D- Division ones. The JUCOs are usually a week earlier than that. So, um, and, and we've, all, we've talked about the domino effect on this program, too, that as soon as one entity 
you know, pushes the first domino, then nobody wants to be the first one, right? So, so once the first domino falls, then you'd think that a bunch of other schools would, would follow suit. Um, so a lot of things to keep our eyes on. The only, the, you know, uh, the PGA Tour is going to start uh, letting fans back in slowly, but surely NASCAR has already said June 28th. They'll, uh, in, and July 4th, the July 4th weekend, a couple of the biggest events that happen at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway are scheduled to, to have fans. So um, now that's uh, allow fans. The question then is, how will the American public respond if they're given the opportunity? And you and, and I and Luke talked about this uh, yesterday. Um, you know, normally I wouldn't bat an eye to go to anything at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and still will. But I imagine there's a lot of people that wouldn't. I'm going to I'm going to read this to you real quickly and then you can think about it. Uh, share your thoughts with me when you come back later in the program. I got this uh, this article from USA Today sent to me last night by Al Holder. I'm going to just paraphrase it real quickly. The coronavirus pandemic has affected every industry and the Southern Miss Athletic Department. No exception. USM has reportedly lost nearly $1.5 million in revenue this quarter, according to Jeremy McLean. Most of the funds came from NCAA distribution, which took a hit from the men's basketball national tournament being canceled. It goes on to talk about, uh, you know, uh, the school has been ranked in the top 20 for baseball attendance uh, in the last uh, 10 years, and what a blow it was to lose that uh, in the uh, in the spring as well as this tournament money, I'll just tell you, Kelly, just give that some thought. I mean, what does what does USM do moving forward? If they lost their baseball revenue, they lost revenue they would get from the basketball, the NCAA tournament that was obviously never played. Uh, big, big challenges moving ahead. And how crucial does this football season become? Well, there's, there's short-term, short-term things you have to look at, and then there's long-term consequences as well. All right, we're going to bring you back. That good? You'll come back for the last segment? I'll be here. All right, tell Jeeves I said hello. Go ahead, knock down those grapes, and uh, you it's caviar on Wednesday. Am I right about that for lunch? Is it, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're learning. I'm catching on, here. yeah. And yeah. enjoy enjoy that with your gourmet crackers, and I'll rejoin you in about 15 minutes. Sounds good, thanks. Kelly Sander, everybody, from his Palladial Palace out at Canebrake. Wendy Hogue, former Southern Miss softball coach, is next. Her thoughts on her inaugural season at Pedal High School getting wiped out by COVID-19 on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour Wednesday edition. Bob Getty from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Luke off today. Want to uh, thank uh, Patrick McGee and Kelly Sander for joining me in the first half of the show. This segment sponsored, of course, by our good friends at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. We're so happy to tell you that you can go back in Fourth Street now. Enjoy one of those great eight ninety five plate lunches. You can browse around, enjoy the great memorabilia all through the building. Uh, have a cold drink or a great sandwich, and uh, they're still doing takeout, of course, 
but now you can return to Fourth Street Bar and Grill, and we encourage you to do just that. One of the nicest people I've met in my three years of doing this show is my next guest, Wendy Hogue, former lady softball coach at Southern Miss, of course, and now the head softball coach at Petal High School, one of the premier athletic high school programs uh, in the state. And, Coach, it's uh, good to hear from you. How are you? Doing great, Bob. Doing great. Uh, things are going well. I'm so excited to be back on the air with you. Well, we always love having you on the show, and uh, we appreciate your coming on today. But right, I ask you this off the air. So you, you leave your job. You resign as the softball coach at Southern Miss. You're instantly hired as the softball coach at Petal. Knowing you the way we do, we know you instantly went to work, geared up, ready to go, hit the field competitive your first season, and here comes COVID-19. On a scale of 1 to 10, how disappointing has that been for you? Hey, if if we can go to 12 or 13, that's exactly where the disappointment <laughs> level would range, Bob. I tell you what, it was just like getting, you know, kind of getting your feet knocked out from under you. Um, but everyone in the country felt it, not just high school sports, but We've got a young team at Pedal and we, and uh, a lot of young talent, and I am super, super excited. We were off to a good start and, and looking forward to finishing strong and, and certainly looking forward to these next few years. Where were you when things got stopped, Coach, and how did you learn about it? We were, oh gosh, we we had just, we, we played our first district game on a Thursday night, Bob, and um and we were supposed to, but we were actually in practice. Um, we had we, we dropped that first district game, and it was one of those games. If you can have a successful loss, <laughs> that's what it was, you know, because mm-hmm. we had been playing so well, and uh, we we kind of needed to, um, you know, have that um, get get put in check, you know, have that gut check before mm-hmm. we really got started. So we were uh, having a conversation about that on Friday, and our conversation was. You know, what if that was the last game, you know, and when we were talking about this, I certainly didn't think it would be. I said, if that's the last thing you played, I need to know positive, you know, because they were pretty bummed with loss. I said, I need to know what, what this season means to you. And I don't just mean games. I mean, what have you learned? And, uh, you know, we just had a really deep, uh, you know, I was going to say as only female athletes can do, but I think everybody can mm-hmm. do it. We just had that soul-searching and uh, a, a lot of um, a lot of tears, uh, a lot of comments on that Friday. And then uh, we were actually at a middle school game um, that Friday night. We had a middle school game, and I got a call that said um, the games we were supposed to be playing on Saturday were canceled, and um, and that um, we would only be playing our district games for the rest of the year. And that kind of, you know, kind of knocked the breath out of us. But then at the same time, there was still a hope that that we would play. And then um, it was actually uh, two weeks later at home um, when I got the call um, from Coach Bowles, and he said, you know, it's uh, we're done, we're we're done for the year. So telling the, um, you know, the parents and, and the players that that was that wasn't an easy thing to do, especially the seniors. But um, you know, again, it's the entire country dealing with it, and, and we're going to persevere, and we'll be better. How many seniors did you have that lost their last year? Four. Wow. Four, Bob. Terrible for those kids, right? I mean, it's it even, much worse for them than the rest of the players. Absolutely. And they were, though they were, you know, great young athletes, they were not moving on to the next level to play. So that, um, you know, that Thursday night was the last last time they they got to play, but um, we did get to, you know, the school district is phenomenal, and they allowed us another opportunity for the girls to suit up and, 
and we actually gave them um, some time under the lights. You know, we had the mm-hmm. social distance, and it was we only had twenty there, so we were abiding by all rules. But they got to put those uniforms on again and and celebrate one last time um, a week ago. So that that gave some much needed closure to our girls and the and those four seniors. Try to tell us how 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 was it different going from coaching Division One softball players to high school kids? Did you did you have to take a different approach, or is coaching coaching? Well, it, it, it yes and and yes. Um, there there was I certainly had to take a different approach. Coaching is coaching, um, and, and I started off firmly believing that, Bob. But then I realized, you know, next level, especially Division One, those, those kids are there and. And it's almost like it's a job, you know. I mm-hmm. I, I hate to, to put it like that, but you know what I mean. All the all the work, all the effort, and it just seems I had forgotten how laid back um, high school students are, and <laughs> you know, as far as the way they think. And you know, we've got five or six on our team that really want to play next level ball, but then you've got fifteen kids who, hey, this is fun, and they made the high school team, and uh, you know, they they love it's just a different mindset so i did have to adjust and you know in some of the um you know it didn't adjust practice organization and expectations but just the way that you you talk to people there's no reason to give a you know a 30 minute scouting scout report on you know purvis high school before we roll in to play them you mm-hmm. know so so there were a lot of a lot of things that were different and uh but it, it was fun I, I think the girls enjoyed it and i know i certainly did was it a hard adjustment for you to make or, or one that you embraced and welcomed oh it was so welcomed and i thoroughly embraced it you know that's the first time i don't know if i ever told you this bob but but my daughter, Kenley, is, uh, she turned 16 in January, mm-hmm. and this is the first time I've ever been able to coach her. Oh. And she's pretty doggone good. So it was um, that as a mom as well as just a, uh, you know, just a former high school, just a, I, I just love the, I guess, pureness, if that's the word I'm looking for, mm-hmm. of it. I mean, those kids are so hungry. They, um you know, they they want to learn. They don't already think they know everything. And I'm not saying Division One athletes did, but they had to be pretty good to get to that level. You know, so it's just different in the way that you 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 talk to them and, and different in the, you know, when they look at you, they're, they're just waiting for you to just spit out all this knowledge, you know, <laughs> where sometimes maybe at the next level, they sometimes, you know, kids are going to question, which they're always weighing it against all the coaching they've had throughout the years. And right. it's, um, you know, so that that's that's different. And then certainly being able to look into the eyes of, of my own flesh and blood every day and um, watching her get better and watching her compete and, uh, you know, surrounded by her friends. That's it's it's I certainly welcomed. Good. Good. Uh, the change. All right. A couple of minutes left, Coach. What do okay. you what what's your best indication as to what's going to happen at Pedal and, and other high schools in Mississippi uh, in regard to returning to school in the fall and then having fall sports? Okay, well, there's still a lot of speculation. I'll tell you this, that we're actually going to meet, the Pedal School District will meet on Tuesday, uh, the athletic department and the administrators, and they're going to kind of give us a plan for, um, we just got through graduation on Monday, so now we're really focusing on opening school for next next school year. Uh, I've heard some different things, and again, it's all speculation, but I've heard, you know, continued at-home learning for those who choose to do so. I've heard staggered starts, 
bringing some kids uh, certain days of the week and some the others. But I've also heard that we are we are full go for sports, and you know I'm just hanging on to that, and I'll believe that until someone tells me otherwise. Um, for the pedal school district, we've got all tryouts set, uh, all sports for that first and second week in June. And uh, obviously we'll abide by the set health regulations, but um, we, we, we've got it all worked out. And, um, and we're going to have tryouts that first week, and, and then we're going to um, begin workouts that, that second week in June. And, again, it may be in groups of 10. It may be in 20. I've, kinda, I've, I've heard that they may uh, expand up to 50 uh, as long as you're outside. And, um, of course, that would, you know, if they'll get to 25 or 30, we'll be in good shape for softball. But, but football, you know, I, I, I do hope they're able to, um, to get, get going full speed as well. But, but everyone has a plan. You know, we, we've got plan A, we've got plan B, and then we also have a plan C at Pedal. I'm not sure how everyone else is doing it, but we're, we're looking to June 1st um, move, move right along. And I'm sure the kids want to get back to school as much as anybody. You know, and, and we were talking this week, there's no better time to go back to school, whether it's high school or, or college, than in the fall. That's, that's when you're full of the, of the spirit, right? Uh, that's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, and I think the hunger, I think the fact that it was taken away, um, it seems like forever. But, but, you know, for this short period of time, I think the hunger and the, and the drive and, and the spirit that you mentioned is going to be so much stronger once we are allowed to return. Well, I'm sorry you had to put that first state championship off a year, Coach, <laughs> but, uh, but 2021 will be here before you know it, right? Hey, look out for those Panthers. We're coming. Hey, it's always delightful to have you on the show. You truly are one of our favorite people, and uh, we thank you so much for coming back on the Eagle Hour, Coach. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. All right, Coach Wendy Hogue, everybody from Petal High School. One of the most charming people you will ever meet in your life and just a fantastic softball coach. So nothing but best wishes and uh, best of luck to Wendy Hogue as she gets ready uh, undoubtedly, to win some state championships in girls softball at Pedal High School. All right, Kelly should be through with the uh, gourmet lunch. Uh, the servant should have put all the plates away by now. He'll rejoin us right after this. I want to thank Wendy Hogue for coming on the Eagle Hour. Kelly's back with me. Talk about Beauty and the Beast, Wendy Hogue and uh, Kelly Sanner. Uh, but always good to hear from uh, Coach Hogue. What a delightful uh, lady she is. This segment sponsored by Hattiesburg Toyota. Some would say the best cars on the road. Kelly Sanner can't beat a Toyota, and they've got uh, everything from trucks to SUVs to uh to sedans, I know you're a Toyota man, and I'm going to bet your Toyota has never been in the shop. No, it ha- well, just I mean, just regular maintenance, changing right. the oil and stuff like that, right? You know? But you know, if, you, if you're wondering what to do with your stimulus check, or you're in, those of you that get an income tax refund, you know, I know that the folks at Toyota of Hattiesburg could 
probably give you several different ideas. As to, <laughs> I'll bet they would, yeah. You know? And I'm also betting the mechanics there are the loneliest people at the dealership because they just never have anything to work on, Kelly. Yeah, them, them and the Maytag repairmen are doing the rock, paper, scissors to see. Right. <laughs> All right, Kelly, to do. I know you couldn't hear it, but uh, Coach Wendy Hogue tells us that Pedal High School bringing its athletes back for tryouts uh, June the 1st and that the indications are they're planning on fall sports. Your thoughts? Well, they, you know that that's been the that's been the stance of uh, the MHSAA and all their and all their communications on social media. It's been June first or until otherwise noted. Okay, and that's that's the uh, that's going to be the caveat here. The MHSAA is getting together tomorrow. We understand, and um, that no doubt that June first timeline is going to be discussed. Uh, because if they, if hypothetically, if they were to push it back to July first by meeting tomorrow, that would still give uh, schools time to get the word out that it's that it's not going to be uh, uh, July first. Did you hear Louie the Wonder Dog in the background? Um, so, Louie, they work here. Leave them alone. Anyway. No, I think Chasing Jeeves down the hall again, isn't he? I swear. No, it's Ernesto. He's barking at Ernesto. Ernesto. He doesn't like Ernesto much, I guess. Huh? <laughs> I guess not. Um, so, you know, if, if the MHSAA should decide to push it back to July 1st or after the July 4th holiday, it would still give schools time to get the word out to their people that it's not going to be June 1st, but July 1st. This must be a Hogue, Hogue week on the show because we had Bob Hogue yeah. Commissioner of the Pac West District and Windy Hope today. Yeah. And again, Bob, we don't want to we don't want to you know, sound like we're wet blankets. We hope that things right. get rolling June first. Right. Obviously, the earlier things get going, the better it is for everybody. Right. Um, but you're talking about you know public school kids now, and that's and these are minors, so it's it's a whole a whole different ball game. So right. I hope they stick to June one. But. All right, I want to talk about something fun in the last three minutes. We, you you mentioned Bob Hogue, a commissioner out in the Pac West Conference, and uh, you set that interview up for us this week, and we had a great conversation with him. He went on to tell us that you were his broadcast intern, and uh, that he did play by play for the University of Iowa wrestling team. Now, Kelly Center, have you ever done play by play for wrestling? And if so, how odd must that be? I actually have done uh, collegiate wrestling play-by-play, Bob, and, and my broadcast partner, the guy by the name of Jeff Joniak, who is from Cleveland, Ohio originally, but Jeff is now the radio voice of the Chicago Bears. Wow! So when you hear when you hear you know a, a play-by-play of a Bears game on the radio, and he goes, you know, uh, touchdown Bears, you know, or Bears touchdown Bears. That's that's my buddy Jeff Joniak. But yeah, it's it's a little difficult doing uh, college wrestling because collegiate wrestling and pro wrestling are two completely yes. different worlds. Collegiate wrestling's real, Kelly. Yeah, I mean if you yeah, I mean if you call a college basketball game and do it pretty well, you could probably call it, you know, an NBA game. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the games are similar. Same with baseball. It's it's all the same. But collegiate wrestling and pro wrestling are, are two two completely different deals. And you know, by the very nature of collegiate wrestling, it's a very close contact sport. So you have to be careful sometimes of how you're describing, you know, the action. But, uh, but when when you're the eyes and ears of somebody, you take it take it pretty seriously. And there's no people in this country that take collegiate wrestling more seriously than people in Iowa. 
I got a text here from Al Holder. He heard you talking uh, about uh, wrestling and, and your broadcasting uh, earlier, and he sent me a text last night that said, I heard Kelly wrestle the entire Cyclone girls volleyball team at once and lost. Is there any truth to that rumor, Kelly? Well, let me just say this about that, Bob. I didn't put up much of a fight. (laughs) 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 You can insert your own joke there. I'll just... uh, just Uh, You were easily pinned? Can I say that? I mean, I don't know. Can I say that? Yeah, well, no, that's that's a proper uh, wrestling term. Okay, you You were pinned to the mat. Yes, by several (laughs) different ones. (laughs) The Uh, sacrifices you make for sports, Santa, it's just, it's amazing, really. All, all research. You know, one other point before we leave today, in, in one way of dealing with this COVID, that schools are thinking about actually starting earlier in the calendar year than they normally do and taking a bigger break between Thanksgiving and Christmas. The idea is that we're told by the scientists that heat, you know, wreaks havoc on the, uh, on the virus. Right. You might see schools, instead of starting, you know, late August to early September, the colleges may be starting 1st of August instead. Right. Well, lots of unanswered questions. We'll try our best to keep our listeners uh, up to date uh, as the answers start to come in. All right, Kelly, thanks a lot, buddy. Until tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.